Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one mischievous and firework-filled minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And we have, joining us again, we have our friend Scott Corelli. Hello, Scott. Hi! Um, so today we'll be talking about Minute 22, which starts with... Uh, quickly hide. Um... No. No. That ends with, it ends with quickly hide. Yeah. So the, it starts with Bilbo continuing his story about the trolls and ends with the line quickly hide because uh, the Sackville Bagginses are coming. Which Bilbo can sense like with the force or something and then his ears twitch. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My gold digger relations are coming. <laughs> So I'm I'm I am grateful that uh, Bilbo's story uh, comes from the first Hobbit movie because that's the only one that I saw. You never saw the second two. No, you're not missing a whole lot. That's I mean, you I are missing a whole lot, but you're not at all. That's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, you're missing it, but you're not missing it. I'm yeah. sure. Oh, man, as much as I don't want to cover those two can we just talk about the first movie and then just let it i th- i think you guys should start a patreon Literally. exclusive podcast and just yeah. talk about the hobbit there i thought about it i would just be getting drunk on the weekends though that's fine <laughs> i mean, we sure have people a would... full bottle of gin my poor liver <laughs> i'm sure people would donate to the podcast to do that <laughs> to hear that drink um it's like a Horrible frat boy just throwing money at somebody. One of his bros just like, keep drinking. <laughs> Watch The Hobbit and keep taking shots. <laughs> one a minute. Oh, God. I also I also recognize the story because it's one of the... Because I, I saw The Hobbit cartoon when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I barely remember it. But I remember this moment in the cartoon um, mm-hmm. pretty vividly. Yeah, the cartoon movie with the with the furry goblins. Yeah, and and Harry Smog. We should we should talk about that too. It's been forever since I've seen that. I love that. Actually. I want to see if it's Disney still used to play it all the time. Scars me for life because it scares me. Goblin Town. It's deeply horrifying. Better Goblin I, Town scene than the Hobbit, live yes. action Hobbit movie. Yes. You know what else I really like? I mean, you know, talking about adaptations, like I, I think it's it was an interesting choice for. Uh, Peter Jackson to want to start with Lord of the Rings and for a studio to approve Lord of the Rings as a trilogy when they could have just been like, why don't you just make The Hobbit as one movie and we see how that does and then we'll make Lord of the Rings if it's a success. Um, Or at the very least, too. Like, splitting The Hobbit into two movies isn't totally unreasonable to me just as written. Because uh, I think it's pretty unreasonable. It's it's <laughs> shorter than any of the Lord of the Rings books, and all of the Lord of the Rings books were adapted into one film. That's pretty. Yeah, that's true. It, it is shorter. It is shorter, but not actually much shorter than Fellowship, the book. I think splitting one narrative into two just became recently a thing. Yeah. Um, with the the last Harry Potter movie. Yeah. So I, I think I think. The Hobbit as one as, – as you could do a theatrical version of The Hobbit and then have an extended version of The Hobbit as one movie and it would be – I think it would have been a great movie. Just yeah. 
the one thing. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest problem with the Hobbit trilogy is because they did the Lord of the Rings first, there were a lot of things and characters from the Lord of the Rings that your general theater-going audience would want to see in a revisit mm-hmm. to this world, whether or not it's a prequel. It's kind of the same problem the prequel trilogy from Star Wars has. Yeah, that's true. Right. Because there's just stuff that the audience is going to want to, to see expect. whether or not it makes sense. Yeah. Right. But I will say, um, as far as you know, taking The Hobbit out of the equation to a certain extent, because this was done first, I, I'm really impressed by the adaptation work being done here because there is some fan servicey things and you know i get a couple of those moments but they also work as foreshadowing for stuff that happens later in this trilogy so here you have bilbo talking about this story with the trolls and how the sun came up and they turned to stone and then i don't know if it's later in this movie or one of the other ones eventually they walk past the stoned trolls yeah, that's this movie. That's in this movie. It's and it's just Sam and Frodo that come across them, yeah. right? And I just think that that's, I think that's really cool. Like that, you know, you could see that moment, and I remember seeing that moment, um, and one of my friends just being like, "Ah, that's fan service." Like it's because it's from The Hobbit or whatever. But you know, you watch it now, and you're like, "Wait, well, it was set up at the beginning because he tells the story," and then right. you're like, "Oh, look, he wasn't lying. That's a thing that actually happened." Also, it's been a little while since I've read uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, but I don't. I I I feel like they come across the trolls when they leave the Shire anyway, in the uh, book. Yeah, they must because it's on the way to Rivendell. Yeah, and I I believe Sam and Frodo passed the trolls in the book. Yeah, but it's been a while. Don't quote me. Yeah, because in the movie, Frodo's like going through like dark Lord asthma attacks though, like yeah. the whole time. So it's really just Sam. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I really like that as far as like as, as an adaptation moment. Like I like that you have him talking about that bit from the Hobbit here, so that later when they show the the trolls, like you 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 have that context without having seen the Hobbit necessarily, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, or read it even, right? Because right. it 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 further cements the world building, yeah, and the scope of the world and like. Bilbo's experiences because you don't see them and then Mm -hmm. suddenly there's like three trolls and I think there's a way of viewing Bilbo as a character as a guy who who kind of like talks tall tales you know right and when you when you have the proof of the trolls then you know that he wasn't making any of this up and this was a real thing and you know it's 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 good I like that I like that a lot I think that also ties into his reputation in Hobbiton, too, because Bilbo disappeared for, like, what, three years? Like two or three years, Two yeah. years, and then everyone thought he was dead, and then he came. He comes back with all this treasure, and he comes back with all these stories, so... Well, yeah, because he, he comes back to the Sackville Baggins is trying to sell all of his right, stuff. Right, yeah. They're having, a like, a state sale or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think that lends another, uh, I don't like, yeah. more depth to his reputation. Mm-hmm. And speaking of adaptation and like context and uh, fan servicey things, the fact that we're introduced to the Sackville Baggins storyline so quickly is in, is in and of itself a reference to the end of the Hobbit. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's because cool. That's the source of why the Sackville Bagginses want the house so bad in a way is because they almost had it. Yeah. If I just I like that Peter Jackson understands this universe so well that he can it just feels so lived in um in a way that in, in a way that the the you know original Star Wars trilogy kind of felt lived in. Yeah. Um where I think that's why these movies were so successful is because you come in and you just it, – it doesn't feel like a world that hasn't existed before now. Like it just right. – uh, it feels like it existed before these movies and it, it's going to exist after and you're just seeing this adventure in these three movies. Yeah. Um, which I think is – I think it's really cool. I know. We're, we're 22 minutes in. We haven't even come close to meeting the whole cast. God. Right. And – it doesn't feel like I've been watching a movie for only 20 minutes. Right. Because it's all set up still. It feels like I've been watching a movie a lot longer than that. And despite not a whole lot really happening, you, you get invested really quickly. Mm-hmm. The way that Gandalf and Frodo interact immediately invests you in Frodo. Mm-hmm. And you become invested in Gandalf more when he interacts with Bilbo. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do a good job of investing you in Bilbo despite not seeing him really a whole lot. Like you don't see him for the first nine minutes. I think that's in part due to Ian Holmes performance as well, because he brings a lot of uh, weight to Bilbo. So we don't really see him a whole lot, but what we do see of him, it's very much like front and center. Yeah. I think it's smart the way that, fellowship is structured and i mean i assume this comes right straight from the books but i i i like that you know that they take the time to establish all these characters as characters before the plot starts moving but that plot is always there looming in the background because every decision that every character is making is based on the plot that we're going to get going forward especially bilbo you know who is complete his 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 whole life is that stupid ring right um, and, and so i i just i really i like how all of that is established in a way that you learn about these characters and you fall in love with the characters before the plot even really gets going yeah um and i think that's also in part because peter jackson makes a point of making the ring a presence early on too <laughs> mm-hmm. so even though we don't have a whole lot of plot happening yet. We do have this looming presence that's always yeah. there and it's informing everybody's decisions. Yeah. Right. Because when I remember when I first saw these, th- this movie and I've, I've loved it forever since first time I saw it, I've, I've been absolutely in love with this movie. I've been in love with the book since I first read them, mm-hmm. but I too always kind of questioned the prologue when I first saw these movies. And it took me a while to understand why that prologue is so important, because it makes the ring a threat before you ever know what it, before anyone in the story knows that it is. And that's important for there to be any tension at all right. through the first half hour of this movie. It's like dramatic irony. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we know something that the characters yeah. nece- don't necessarily know. Yeah. And it's really important because without knowing the ring is a threat, that the beginning of this movie would be incredibly boring. Right. It's just a party. Yeah. Who cares? I don't have any stakes in the party. Yeah. Aside from that. There'd be no stakes for an hour. Right. (laughs) Well, I would... Is it an hour? Uh, Well, I guess the Black Rider shows up in like minute 30-ish. Yeah. 
So. Like a half hour. Half hour. Without the prologue, 20 minutes. Yeah. Okay. We would just now be getting anything that is like pushing the story along without that prologue. Yeah. Which is kind of kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things I love about this minute is Happy Gandalf. Yeah, his, just, laugh his, his, his laugh is the best. And him him kind of awkwardly dancing with the hobbits. And uh, when I, just... I like that the I like that Gandalf like the hobbits. He hangs out with the hobbits because they make him feel young because they're they're very youthful people. Yeah, and Gandalf is thousands of years old. Right. So he goes and he hangs out with the hobbits and he he it's like you know playing with a bunch of children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds a little degrading, but that's basically what's going on. Yeah. They're well, I mean, he's literally party. playing with children at one point. Yeah. yeah. He's, you know, setting yeah. fireworks for kids. L- little butterfly fireworks, right. which is right out of the book. Yeah. How do you? How uh, old do you think these kids are? You think they're like 20? No, I think no, they're like 10. I think they're like 10. I think physically hobbits age very similarly to people, but they're not like considered culturally adults till they're like 50. But but Frodo doesn't look 50. Frodo looks like yeah, 16. Yeah, Frodo looks like he's 20. Yeah. Max. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think that they age at that slow of a rate. Okay. Maybe they they mature uh, quickly up right. to a certain point, and then they're, like, glamorously good-looking. Right, right, right. To, to a degree, my thoughts on this actually come from Dungeons & Dragons, because there are uh, descriptions of how long the races live. Right. And Dungeons and & Dragons is based on Tolkien. Uh right. The halflings is just like... Except for how much the halflings weigh. That's always bothered me. Yeah, because halflings in Dungeons & Dragons nowadays are thin, but originally they weren't. Oh, really? Yeah, like first edition D&D, the picture of a halfling... Is just a... Is like a hobbit. (laughs) With his hairy feet and like carrying a pipe and his little waistcoat. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Because now they weigh... They're like... The max height is like three feet and they weigh 30 pounds, which makes no (laughs) sense. Right. Whereas dwarves are like five feet tall and weigh like two hundred and sixty. Right. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, it bothers me because it shouldn't work. But no, it's like they're balloons. Yeah, they're, they're just gonna, gonna fly, fly away. away. <laughs> you breathe on them too hard, they're just gonna fall over. Mm-hmm. They're so small, and they eat so much. How could they be so? How, how can they? Right. Yeah, they eat more than like ten pounds of food every day. <laughs> a, a hobbit must weigh as much as a man. They have like twelve. That's, why, this, that's why they're pudgy. Yeah, most of them are pudgy. They ha- they must have crazy metabolism. They have to. They absolutely. And yet have they're to. still pudgy, which really tells you about how many, how much, what their right. calorie intake really is. Well, they have day. eight meals a day. Right. You know, right. breakfast and second breakfast, right. all of that. Eleven Z's. <laughs> I thought there's just one named after a time because they couldn't come up with a name. Eleven Z's. It's the one right uh, after. It, I like it because it also it also assumes that every all the hobbits get up around the same time. Yeah. Well, they're farmers. Oh so yeah, they get up with the sun. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Fair enough. I guess most of them are farming pipeweed, though. Get up earlier than I do. That's for sure. Uh, so so I'm lucky enough to get the introduction of Merry and Pippin, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I love Merry and Pippin. I but I have to question what's happening right now because what are they hoping to gain from stealing these fireworks that Gandalf is going to set off anyway? Because otherwise I, he wouldn't have brought them. <laughs> maybe Merry and Pippin should be officially labeled as disturbers of, of the, the peace. peace. <laughs> yeah. 
I just don't understand like why why they're doing this. Well, you know, maybe it's, they, it's their youthful exuberance. I think they're trolling Gandalf because he, it's the biggest one. So typically, for a fireworks show, you have the grand finale. So right. they're like, oh, what if we like throw it in there twenty minutes early? Right, and presumably because they ruin the finale, the fireworks display just ends. Yeah. <laughs> Because you can't top the dragon. So they're just being douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're drunk. Probably. They, they probably As are. all hobbits also love ale. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the little apple bite was apparently just Dominic Monaghan being like, I want to do this. It's so sassy. Oh, it's my, well, it's my favorite thing because it always reminds me. There's this, there's this line in Return of the Jedi that always makes me laugh because it's this point where uh, they, they're using the um, – the uh, Imperial shuttle to like fly into uh, Death Star two space to land on Endor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a point where they're like, they're going to know that it's us or whatever. And he's like, what should we do? And, and, and Han is like, I don't know, fly casually. And, and it's, it's, it's just like it doesn't. It's it's just the funniest line because he's being really dismissive. And so I just I look at this and I'm just like, oh, he's just he's eating that apple very casually. He's just yes. trying to doesn't cover look up. casual. Yeah. <laughs> natural. Yeah, casual apple eating. Don't mind Dominic. me. I'm just eating this apple and walking backwards. Everything's fine. <laughs> There's nothing nothing going on over here. Just just a man and his apple. Why yeah. would he be eating apple at a birthday party? Right? Why are you eating fruit when there's a giant cake? Right. Well, they haven't cut into the cake yet. No, but there's uh, presumably like lots and lots of awesome other food. And beer. Yeah. What a square. <laughs> like, well, I mean... Uh, it looks mischievous. It yeah, achieves it what it's supposed to, like, on screen. Yes. They have a lot of gardens. I mean, I imagine that the ho- hobbits eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. Right. Yeah. Just yeah they, he probably stole that apple. He probably did steal it from Farmer Maggot. Yeah. He just has yeah. a pocket, like a bag full of apples that he he's just brought stolen. it with him. Right. <laughs> on his way, you know, like he, like, like you would, you, like that, that trope in uh, movies where like the, the, the never do well uh, character, he like steals flowers from somebody's flower bush to or give to his girlfriend. Right off a cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that only someone's garden and an apple, and and it was for himself. Kept it for himself. <laughs> I really have to question hobbits picking apples. They must have a species of apple tree that's this shorter. Tiny, an apple bush, like so to speak. Like an apple bonsai. No, I, I like to imagine that hobbits just actually have to climb the trees to get the apples. They probably have ladders. I mean... I know. Yeah, it's just funny to picture... technology. <laughs> it's just funny to picture, like, ten hobbits all climbing a tree together and throwing apples down. I think it, I think if Merry and Pippin got assigned to apple-picking duty, one of them would go up in the tree and they'd try to, like, brain each other with the apples instead of throwing it in the basket. <laughs> or, like, Merry and Pippin, one of them would be up there just, like, standing on a branch, holding a branch above yeah, them and, and like, jumping up and down. It. Yeah, Just yeah, trying to get the apples to fall. Hobbits don't do a lot of stuff in unison, right? That's dwarves. Dwarves do stuff in unison. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like hobbits would use ladders, whereas what you're describing is more of a dwarf technique of getting apples. <laughs> Let's punch this tree till the apples fall down. I think a dwarf would just cut the tree down. Yeah, probably. I have yeah. an axe. I'm going to cut the tree down, and then we're going to get the apples. I, I guess. Well, Gimli would do that. I guess I'm more picturing like the dwarves from the Hobbit movies, where they're oh, like that's true, washing yeah. dishes in unison, like they're yeah. synchronized swimmers and stuff. Man, you know that, and that's kind of the best scene across 
both trilogies to show you what dwarves are really like is all of them washing dishes together in the first of those Hobbit movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we only ever get to see the one dwarf, really, in the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, that's kind of the best example of what dwarves are really like, though. Is, uh, yeah. Thorin's company all washing dishes and cleaning up and making Bilbo very, very uncomfortable. That's the best scene in that. No, the Riddles in the Dark is, but yeah. that's the second best scene in that movie. It is. Because <laughs> uh, it's right out of the book. <laughs> We also, in this scene, get uh, Bilbo kind of insulting Mrs. Bracegirdle. Yeah. Uh, very, very subtly. Be- him being the eternal bachelor, as Scott like, put in the previous yeah. minute. <laughs> are, th- are these all your children? Yeah. Am I? You have been productive. She's got like 10 kids. That is I the... F- that is... Bilbo... That that face on Bilbo, that is the face of permanent bachelordom. That's... It's like, oh, man. He's just like, He's got time oh, for you this. have been busy. Oh, God. <laughs> and he just like imagines his life of having that many kids. He's like, well, I made the right decision. <laughs> Adopt. Uh. <laughs> but I think it's, I don't know, because he was just insulting the brace girdles like five minutes ago. Yeah, because he, he said that Frodo wasn't a blockheaded brace, brace girdle, girdle from Hardbottle. Yeah, Hardbottle. Man. <laughs> Which is still really fun to say. I'll never get tired of saying that. <laughs> it's the best. So he thinks brace girdles are stupid. He thinks everyone at this party is stupid. He does. Except he, for himself. He really does. And maybe Frodo. Well, Frodo's not stupid. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I think that's about it for the minute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. that's my cue. That is your cue. I was like looking at you like, okay, so um, you can find us at duelinggenre.com. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, what do you think about Hobbit culture or how much Hobbits weigh or their met- metabolism? <laughs> how many fruits and vegetables do they eat? Yeah, how many how many square fruits and vegetable meals? I want to I want to see some uh, some some biology homework being done in the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're at contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. We're also on Twitter at L-O-T-R Minute. Tumblr, L-O-T-R Minute.tumblr.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We have both an official Facebook page and a listener group that you can join. Um, there's been some cool uh, comments about the two blue wizards this yeah. past week. So that was cool. I had to look some stuff up and learn some things I didn't know. Yeah. It's, it's a good time for everybody. Talking about nerdy wizards. Uh, we are also on iTunes. If you have a moment, please leave us a five-star review. Um, and on DuelingGenre.com, you can find our other podcasts, such as The Doctor's Companion, which I co-host with Scott and Nick. Uh, Scott and Nick co-host Back to the Future Minute, which is on hiatus, uh, which I'm glad, like, I hope Scott is glad for, because they've been going for, like, nine months straight. Um, I, I would be dead if we were still going, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Oh, we're going to be at that point by the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to take a nice long break after Fellowship. A nice long vacation. Uh, I don't intend on coming back. Well, uh, we intend on coming back. <laughs> I know. Um, and you can also find Geek by Night, which is our audio drama podcast that we're very proud of and should be out again at this point, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been on a little bit of a hiatus, but life happens. Um, and if you are interested in supporting our efforts, you can find us on Patreon or DuelingGenre.com slash support. We also have a one-time PayPal donation button as well as merch. Uh, not for this show yet, uh, but we're working on it. 
Um, and special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And we will talk to you guys and Scott again tomorrow. Bye. Bye.